strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And tonight on Notorious Knowledge, I'm going to tell you the story of Lawn Chair Larry. Lawn Chair Larry. Yes. So Larry Richard Walters was born in 1949, and he was a man who had a dream. He had a dream of flying. I was going to say, what kind of dream do you have, John? What kind of dream? Yep, not a fever dream. A flying dream. But he was unable to become a pilot because of his poor eyesight. Yes, 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 yes. So when he was about 13 years old, he hatched a plan in his head that he never really let go of into adulthood. And that was to use weather balloons to fly. I mean, sure. And... In 1982, he decided to try his flying idea. His intention was to fly over the Mojave Desert and then use a pellet gun to burst some of the balloons in order to land. Walters, along with his girlfriend, purchased 45 eight-foot weather balloons and obtained helium tanks from California Toy Time Balloons. I thought you would like that. Robin is a bit of a balloon enthusiast. I mean, I got you involved. I'm just saying. I was like, hey, Jen, let's go to this balloon festival. Okay. Hey, Jen, you want to go back? Yeah. But hey, I'm, Jen, you want to go up in one? Yeah. I would say you're not even a hot air balloon enthusiast. You're like a latex balloon enthusiast. You're uh, a, a mylar balloon enthusiast. You're just a balloon enthusiast. You you build all, things all, with them. All balloons. Structures. All balloons. Right. It doesn't matter what's inflated into. All, all balloons all the time. Air. That's Robin. So. Wow. I'm a dork. <laughs> I mean, they're I, here with us. I think that they oh. already know it. <laughs> and on July 2nd, 1982... Walters attached 43 balloons to his lawn chair. He filled them with helium, put on a parachute, and strapped himself into the chair in the backyard of his home in San Pedro, California. He took his pellet gun, a CB radio, sandwiches, beer, and a camera. I like that he took beer. Beer, absolutely. When his friends cut the cord, Walters' chair rose rapidly and rapidly to a height of 16,000 feet. And was spotted by two commercial airliners. <laughs> he's slow. Bowie 747 coming he's like, at him. He's like waving. He's like, hey. <laughs> he slowly drifted along Long Beach and crossed the primary approach corridor at the Long Beach airport. So after 45 minutes in the sky, Walter shot several balloons out, taking care not to <laughs> unbalance pew, pew. the load. Pew, pew. Beep. He then accidentally dropped his pellet gun overboard. <laughs> Strong work, Larry. He descended slowly until the balloon's dangling cables got caught in a power line. Oh, be careful. <laughs> the power line broke, causing a 20-minute electricity blackout in Long Beach. He landed unharmed on the ground. Larry! God <laughs> damn it. Fucking shenanigans. So, so, you know, I mean, he, he's caused a bit of trouble here. Weather balloons attached to a lawn chair in commercial airspace. Now we have destroyed some power lines. So so clearly, <laughs> just around a muck. <laughs> when Larry landed, um, handcuffs awaited. Mm-hmm. So Larry was swiftly arrested by waiting members of the Long Beach Police Department. Walters was initially fined four thousand dollars for his violations, including operating an aircraft within an airport traffic area. Is it really an aircraft? It's a lawn chair. I mean, I think that they had to probably stretch to figure out what to charge him with, because he's a man attached. 
to a fucking lawn chair. Yeah, but He's like flying it would be in a lawn chair. Craft, would it? It would be. So it's. A, is it a craft? Is it in the air? It is in the air. I don't it's think an it's an aircraft. A craft. I think it's. A, I think it is. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's an. An. What What makes an aircraft an aircraft? I think that if you're flying in commercial airspace, you're an aircraft. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So, <laughs> Walters, after landing, spoke to the press, and he stated, "It was something that I just had to do. I had this dream for twenty years, and if I hadn't done it, I think I would have ended up in the funny farm." I think I think he was already on the funny farm. I think I think maybe. So that is the story of Lawn Chair Larry's awesome flight. You know what? Where there's a will, there's a way, right? If you have a dream, people, live it. Live your dream. But please be prepared that if you don't have a license to fly an aircraft, you will get, you know, reprimanded for it. I'm just so saying. before you do sit in a lawn chair and buy weather balloons, make sure you go and get a permit for it first. Or maybe just don't do it. I think if you ask Larry if it was worth the fines. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. It was so a yeah. dream. Yeah. He dreamed about it for 20 years. And he did it. I've never wanted to do anything for 20 years. I'm not lawn chair capability, but like I, I have dreams. But I'm going to make sure I have a permit first before I do anything. What are these dreams that require a permit, Robin? That, that's another discussion for another day. I feel like I've been misled. I feel like you're, <laughs> you're teasing me. If you are enjoying our podcast, and check out our Patreon, where you have access to new and exclusive episodes, and you can also listen to our weekly episodes three days early. We also have some really cool swag available for our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash notoriousnarratives. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash notoriousnarratives and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com slash notoriousnarratives to get started today. Hey, Robin. Yeah? I feel like an anniversary is upon us. Well, you are correct. It is the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 on July 20th. What did Apollo 11 do, Robin? You know what I did. But let me tell you a little bit about it. So Apollo 11 was a U.S. spacecraft with Commander Neil Armstrong and Lunar Module Pilot Edward Buzz Aldrin Jr. on July 20th of 1969, whom then became the first people to land on the moon. Apollo 11 was the peak of the Apollo program as a massive national commitment by the U.S. to beat the Soviet Union in putting people on the moon. I will tell you. My God. We're landing on the moon. Happy 50th. 
Mm-hmm. Happy 50th Apollo 11. Yay. I'm sorry. I had wine in my hand. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> we always have wine in our hands. I didn't know you were going to applause. All right. I just get so excited because you know how much I love NASA. 50th anniversary. These dudes, man. I always wanted to go to space camp. I know. Especially after the movie Space Camp. <laughs> it was amazing. I know. I had the catalog. <sighs> but it was so expensive. My mom's like, um, nice try. The launch was on July 16th of 1969 and was broadcasting on television and witnessed by an estimated 600 million people from around the world. They say that the pulse of the humanity rose when the 363-foot-high and 6,698,700-pound Saturn V launch vehicle as it made its flawless flight from Pad 39A at Cape Kennedy, which is now Cape Canaveral in Florida, right in front of hundreds of thousands of people. If you guys have never gone to any of the space centers, please treat yourself. Mm-hmm. It is so lovely. It is such a lovely experience. I went there every summer as a kid. I went and to Cape Kennedy before tr- it was Canaveral. And I, I didn't even know because it was so long ago. Well, like, so yeah, it's the Kennedy Space Center. You That's, live like down the street. Kennedy Space Center is in Cape Canaveral, Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know. Yeah, it was really cool. I actually stuck my head up a giant um, uh-huh. blaster. Yeah. You don't see that ever. Every day. I mean, Robin. Hello. Oh my God. I wish that I wish <laughs> that we could capture that moment in some way. <sighs> Leave him guessing. Okay. What's happening? I don't know. It's all gone wrong. It's the fifth anniversary. We're allowed to be happy and I'm so excited. We're drinking wine. I wish we were drinking champagne because. Oh, let's make a day. call. Big day. I have like Uber, whatever that is over here. We have Uber champagne. It should be a thing. So the launch was so accurate that the other two corrections three in total that were planned were not even necessary on board was armstrong and aldrin but also command module pilot michael collins their sheer enthusiasm was evident from the very beginning as armstrong yelled this saturn gave us a magnificent ride it was beautiful so the saturn took the crew on its 234,000 mile journey to the moon The three astronauts conducted their docking maneuvers by first turning the command module Columbia and its attached service module around and then extracting the lunar module from Saturn's third stage. I feel like there is more modules and stages than I had. There's three stages, a lot of modules. On their arrival, the astronauts slowed the spacecraft so it can go into a lunar orbit. Apollo 11 entered first an elliptical orbit, which was 71 by 194 miles, and then nearby circular orbit, which was 62 by 76 miles above the surface of the moon. On the morning of July 20th, Armstrong and Aldrin crawled into a common module through the interconnecting tunnel into the lunar module called Eagle. Toward the end of the 12th lunar orbit, Apollo 11 became two separate spacecrafts, called Columbia, which was piloted by Collins, and Eagle, which was occupied by Armstrong and Aldrin. For about a minute and a half, Armstrong hovered Eagle, moving it laterally with the reaction control system until he found a clear area to land. Then the contact light went on inside the cockpit. As the 68-inch probe dangling from Eagle's foot pads signaled contact with the ground. One second later, the descent rocket engine turned off and the astronauts looked down onto lunar soil that was blowing in all directions. Armstrong then radioed at 4.17 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and said, Houston, tranquility base here. The Eagle has landed. Eagle had touched down in the Sea of Tranquility, an area that was selected for its smooth and level terrain. At 10.56 p.m., Armstrong stepped out into the lunar soil with the words, 
That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. In the excitement, Armstrong actually said his phrase wrong. You know, he prepared this entire speech and he forgot the letter A. So it should have been, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Huh. He also described a surface as fine and powdery. And he said that there was no difficulty with him moving around. Aldrin joined Armstrong about 20 minutes later after he first stepped down. I always felt like the lunar surface would be kind of like baby powder. Yeah, it's like you step down, boof, and everything like, is kind it's of like just... the finest mm-hmm. sand on like the best beaches. The moonwalk was around two hours, and it took almost 50 pounds of rock and soil samples. They also took many photographs and maintained constant contact with Houston. After 21 hours and 38 minutes on the moon's surface, they used the Eagle's Ascent stage to launch it back into lunar orbit. After many maneuvers, Eagle once again docked with Collins in Columbia, and they started their trip back to Earth. So weird. Trip back to Earth. Human, human beings took a trip back to Earth. They're like, oh, I'll just I'll head back to Earth, I guess. Fucking crazy. Splashdown of Apollo 11 happened in the Pacific Ocean about 900 miles west of Hawaii on July 24th. The astronauts were immediately placed in a quarantine in a van on the recovery ship and then were flown to the manned spacecraft center in Houston where they were moved into a large 58-room lunar receiving laboratory. The quarantine lasted about 21 days from the time they took off from the moon and were checked for any type of diseases that may have that they may have picked up. If they got any moon sickness. You got the moon virus. Or any space AIDS. Who knows? Space. So Columbia is part of the collections of the National Air and Space Museum, which is located in Washington, D.C. And you can also see so many other equipments and and glorious things at this museum. It was wonderful. Jen and I actually went to D.C. and we saw this. And I didn't really understand what I was looking at until I just read the little plaque next to it. I'm like, what is this thing? I read it. I'm like, oh, that's Columbia. That went to the fucking moon. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no. No bigs. No bigs. That was on the moon. It's fine. It's fine here. It's fine. I'm not I, I, I'm not excited. You're excited. <laughs> um, if you are ever in Washington, D.C., you must, must, must visit the Smithsonian institutions. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are there for us for free, I think, is our finest gift from our government, in my personal opinion. So I'm going to give some Apollo 11 fun facts. Yes, please do. There's a few. Armstrong carried with him a piece of wood. That was from an airplane that belonged to the Wright brothers. He said that since the Wright brothers achieved first flight in 1903, he saw it fit to take the pieces with him to symbolize the great progress made in aviation. Wow. He also has a piece of fabric as well. So he has pieces of wood and a piece of fabric from the first plane. If Apollo 11 failed, President Nixon already had a speech prepared. Considering that no one else had ever done this before. Right. He was prepared to make the speech of tragedy and loss. Well, I mean, and also, it's not like it's not like you have to be the Soviet Union had not tried. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this was. I mean, it was called the space race for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to be prepared in all aspects. So of instead course. of instead of a, a speech of tragedy and loss, he made a glorious speech about success. So Armstrong and Aldrin left pictures of human beings and recordings of many languages on the moon's surface. And medallions bearing the names of the three astronauts that died on Apollo 1 on the launch pad and two cosmonauts who also died in a similar accident. 
So they left all the medallions on there with their names on it. Yeah, that's awesome. When the astronauts landed back on Earth, they had to sign custom forms and had to declare the moon rocks and moon dust that they collected on the trips. Why? They're doing it for the government. <laughs> that's dumb. They had to sign all custom right. forms. Bureaucracy. Calm your tits here. So while they're in quarantine for 21 fucking days... Oh, let me declare this moon rocks and dust. But like they don't own them. How can you even say where it's from? Yeah. What it's not it's not a registered It's not a registered country on no. the planet. No. More uh, importantly, why? it's for the government. They're not taking the shit home. It's a good oil They are putting it into a very well kept secure area. So the astronauts landed with only 25 seconds of fuel to spare. When the landing site was first decided, they thought that it was a good choice and had enough fuel for the landing. But what they didn't expect were boulders. So they knew that it would be hazardous if they attempted their descent on top of a boulder. So they had to skim around a little bit over the location. And then they would finally land in a good spot on tranquility. So the flag that they place on the moon, that is notorious. Everyone knows the picture of the American flag on the moon. Yes. It might not be there anymore. That seems reasonable. Buzz Aldrin said that he saw the flag get knocked over by the module's thrusters when they were taking off. Okay. So it could be under a whole bunch of de- debris now. like Because yeah. the, the, the soil was so fine right. with the thrusters, it's probably buried now. But did you know that the flag was actually made by Sears? No. But, but NASA wanted to keep that a secret because the reason was because of Tang, the orange powder-based drink from General Foods that was used by astronauts on their missions resulted in a huge advertisement campaign. Right. And NASA wanted to keep the flag from Sears a secret because they didn't want another advertising campaign on the astronauts' use of a commercial product. Oh, yeah. But that... that I mean, that I still flag. love Tang. Still yeah. love it. But that flag that you see in all those pictures, just that was made Sears. by Sears. Just, just, they just sent an intern out to go buy, pick it up at the Sears. Mm. Made by Sears. So another thing is the mission was very smelly. Not just because of three dudes in a small spacecraft. But Imagine there's a significant poo situation. But because the drinking water was laced with hydrogen bubbles, which produce a gross flatulence in the lower bowel, which made a not-so-subtle aroma. Gross. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin was the first person to pee on the moon, but don't worry. The urine was kept and contained. It's not just floating out there in space. Well, it was in his suit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a containment system yeah. inside the suit. So he was the first I have to say, person is, to ever peed on the moon. There is part of me that, that thinks that um, I would certainly benefit from a spacesuit on a, a lot of occasions. Where on I could an just, everyday level. Just go. You could just go. Oh, another fun fact. Your cell phone is more powerful than Apollo 11's computers. So while the Apollo guidance computer system that powered Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins to the moon back on July of 1969 were cutting edge for the time, their technology is prehistoric compared to the cell phones used today. The Houston Chronicle said that today's Samsung Galaxy smartphone with its 8 gigabytes of memory is light years ahead of Apollo's 11 computer, which propelled our fearless astronauts to the moon and back with only two kilobytes. Two. Two. Kilobytes, not even gigs. And last but not least, as a whole, the Apollo program required the skills of approximately 400,000 engineers, technicians, and scientists, which also included women. So that is the story of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. 
just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.